Welcome, horror fans and lovers of heavy metal mayhem, to this special bonus episode of Sequel Quest. If you listened to our recent Halloween episode, you heard us stand up and be counted with Jay from the Purple Stuff podcast as we pitched sequels that were sure to shock you till the sparks fly as we resurrected Sabby Kerr on the imaginary silver screen. But Jay isn't the only super fan of Trick or Treat roaming around the internet, and so we knew we had to talk to another old friend in long form about his appreciation for the film and recent interaction with cast members. Hmm. From our Garbage Pail Kids the Movie episode, and of course the horror movie barbecue blog, please welcome Chad! Stand up and be counted! <laughs> That's the reason I don't sing, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but the enthusiasm, you're selling it, man, sell it. I am possessed by the spirit of Sammy Kerr, I'll tell you that. This is an interesting film because, you know, as we've launched the show proper about pitching sequels to it, there's a lot of trick-or-treat fans coming out of the woodwork, but your history has been well-documented on the internet and your love of the film. But, Chad, for you, where did that all begin? Honestly, if anyone hasn't listened to that episode, it's just such a great episode, and you guys should be starting there before you listen to you know this episode but i'll say this um i don't have the same history that you and jay actually have i actually didn't discover it until about i'd say 2004 2005 i don't know if you remember this but vh1 used to do these uh, pop culture countdowns right so they would do like most metal moments and least metal moments and trick-or-treat was one of them well i had never heard of it before you know, and they're like saying, oh, yeah, Ozzy was in it and Gene Simmons and Skippy from Family Ties. And I'm like, I got to go find this movie. <laughs> so uh, sure enough, I went out that week or that day or whatever. But I went to the video store that I I was at weekly and just rented it. And within first viewing, it, it was just true love. Wow. So it was actually on a rental store shelf still available. That's pretty yes. cool. I, I got lucky because one of my favorite video stores of all time actually rented videos until the day that they closed in 2007. So, I mean, sweet. a lot of that stuff that I, you know, that I have a love for now that video store, you know, I was able to get it through them. Now, now, did you go into the film already a lover of heavy metal, specifically from the 80s? My brother, uh, circa 1986-87, he was the world's biggest metalhead. So I already kind of had it in me. I kind of had this love of heavy metal, and this movie spoke to me. Yeah, it encapsulates the era in a beautiful way. Even just watching Eddie do the laundry while there's a news report in the background, <laughs> I'm just like... Like, oh, he's doing it with the flakes. Oh. He's got got the wood panel cabinetry and everything in the laundry room. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just to me, it just took me right back. I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> you know? It looks like your friend's house down the road a Saturday afternoon. Go over there and play wrestling figures. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the question. So as you were watching it, was there a specific moment initially that you just jumped on and you were like oh wow okay so now i gotta tell everybody about this movie because this happened there, there were a couple scenes and you guys actually mentioned it in the previous episode but when uh sammy kerr you know comes alive and he starts slapping his leg and he starts getting everyone into it i thought that that was a really cool scene also the music 
that was a big thing. And trying to find that soundtrack, you know, in 2004, 2005, was no easy task. The imagery was fantastic. You know, I thought Tony Fields, who played uh, Sammy Kerr, wow, he really just captured the screen whenever he appeared on it. Wish we could have seen him do some more, you know. I've gone back also as a lover of 80s heavy metal. I, I don't know if you've ever seen Rock and Roll Nightmare. Oh, yes, I have. John Micklethorpe. Yeah. I've seen a lot of Zombie Nightmare as well. He did a lot of nightmare films. <laughs> and that kind of describes his uh, acting, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> There's stuff like that, or Rocktober Blood. Rocktober Blood was like the big disappointment to me yeah. because I went to watch that, and it's it's like a basic slasher film. And eventually, there's some stuff about a band, but it's not really. It doesn't feel like it's the main focus of that movie. I hadn't watched it until just a little while ago, and I was like, "Shoot, that's it, huh?" Oh, okay. And one, I, I it's also streaming online, just like Trick or Treat, that I've wanted to see for a long time because there's face-painted rockers. It's called Terror yes, on Tour. Terror on Tour. Sure. So I watched that one, too. That one gets to the action a little faster. and You see what's going on. It's just their stage antics are very Alice Cooper-esque, you know. Oh, that, that one's ridiculous, too. Now, here's my question. I'm going to turn it around. Yeah. Thoughts on Black Roses? Black Roses, I've heard of it. I have not seen it, though. So that's what I got to check out. Um, What's the draw? If you were going to pitch that to people who like Trick or Treat, why Black Roses? You know, I, I feel like when it comes to like heavy metal horror movies, a lot of people sit back and say, oh, yeah, man, I love Trick or Treat. But Black Roses, the visuals of this movie are ridiculous. Again, the music and the monster makeup in this movie. This is one of the most insane 80s movies you'll ever see just <laughs> absolute madness it's something like iron maiden come to life oh, yes yes it's like if you took halloween 3 and you mixed a rock concert into it there's still time folks in your halloween season to seek out black roses <laughs> but let, let me ask you about this so you obviously horror movie barbecue this is your stock and trade yes where does trick-or-treat rank for you in terms of favorite horror films i mean is it in a top 10 trick-or-treat huh heck you know what i'd probably even put it in my top 15 Okay. Well, that's that's pretty high praise. Now, you know, we, we rank the movie itself, but if you think of Sammy Kerr as, okay, he's not quite a horror icon. Unfortunately, he's kind of a horror also ran, although... Mm -hmm. In our culture now, where the 80s are making such a comeback, and you see teenagers wearing, you know, Iron Maiden shirts or Slayer t-shirts, and they're like, they don't know those bands. Yeah, Def Leppard, whatever. Like, it's, so it seems like he could come back, you know, probably more in an ironic way, but still. So, but where would you put him, you know, like, who is he next to in line? You know, you got the big four or five you're always going to go to. You got your Freddies, your Jasons, your Pinhead, your Leatherface, and my Michael Myers, all that. But then, where is Sammy in the mix? I mean, is he, uh, what, what was that one, like, isn't there like Slumber Party Massacre 3 or something? That guy with that, <laughs> that guitar that's a drill? It's yeah. two, yeah. Oh my gosh, that movie alone. Woo! I'll tell you this, and this is gonna kind of upset a lot of people, and in fact, there, I think I'm probably gonna get some uh, blocks on Twitter, and I'm probably gonna, <laughs> you're, you, you know what, you may as well just distance yourself from me now i'm putting him in like my top five and i'd put him above michael myers and jason oh wow i'm sorry but i i and you know what i'm not sorry i said it i meant it let's just go with my top five obviously freddie jigsaw hellraiser mary lou maloney from the prom night movies and i'd go with sammy kerr wow 
but yeah, those are my icons of horror. That 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 would be my <laughs> Mount Rushmore of what has kind of molded me to become the horror fan that I am. Those are my favorites. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it feels like you know Sammy could be Mary Lou's date for prom night. Yes. You know what? They're the perfect match made in hell. I can already see the poster now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it feels like he's got such charisma. He's yeah. got the moves. He's got the look. He does more than your average psycho killer demon, mm-hmm. you know, supernatural horror icon. So I feel like, you know, in terms of entertainment value, you know, he's not got the wit of Freddy, mm-hmm. but he's got the fun of Freddy that Michael Myers just doesn't have. He's creepy, but he's just, he doesn't put on much of a show. No. And you know, honestly, you guys pointed out what a good dancer he was and how he was doing all the, you know, gymnastics and the kind of the footloose kind of stuff that Kevin Bacon was doing. I, I to this day, I, I still don't fully understand why there isn't a bigger fandom around Sammy Kerr. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you can call it the cult of Kerr. I don't know, but <laughs> and I'm sure many have. But I'm assuming it's mainly because we don't have a Blu-ray and that some people actually do think that the uh, the DVD that was released years ago was actually unlicensed. It looks like it. It really like, does. I got it, 2003, and that's some terrible yep. Photoshop on there. But I guess I feel like, too, you know, if Shout Factory got a hold of it and i and i would love to get some behind the scenes on this movie because charles martin smith who directed it he was an actor he was like a child actor and this is the first movie he chooses to make you know <laughs> and then and so it's just like why tell us about this was it offered to you did you know the writers like where did it all come in so i would love for there to be some real you know in-depth yes. behind the scenes making up and shout factory always gives that to us so we can hold out hope and i know there's like a german blue yes Uh, you know there's some foreign releases Mm -hmm. but yeah in the states we haven't got it just yet so maybe we just need to you know scream a little bit louder and they'll hear us so chad also you know you talked about the difficulty finding the soundtrack back in the day Mm -hmm. have you been able to locate any other merchandise it's funny you mentioned that i do have a few items uh actually up here in rochester a t-shirt company fright rags in the local theater uh got together back in 2015 they actually did in october four screenings of horror movies and one of the movies that they did was trick-or-treat so I got to see it in 35 millimeter. Wow, that's great. It, it had, and the best part is you could tell it was 35 millimeter because it had the King Kong Lives trailer before it, <laughs> and they kept it intact. And I was just like, "Oh, this is so good!" But from that night, my friend and local artist Magnus did a little art print, and it's the little silver cassette, which I think every trick or treat fan, whenever they saw that, you know, the silver cassette, they were like, "Oh, I want that." So I have that, but I also have a very special autographed photo. Yeah, I say we just move on into that, because obviously there wasn't a lot of merchandise created, so what you can get your hands on is mostly posters or, you know, the vinyl LP or the modern day stuff that's being created by fans like Jay puts out every year. And this guy Magnus is keeping it alive too. So that's great. Um, so the, yeah. So the question becomes then you got your hands on, is it just like a, a promo poster or what is it exactly this piece? <laughs> so Mark Price is a traveling standup and he actually came to Rochester back in March or February and I actually got an 8x10 of the poster. That you printed yeah, up yourself? printed up myself. So it, as bootleg as it is, I love it. And uh, I got him on it. 
Now, what, what did you say? How did you get him to agree to autograph it? What was the reaction when you met Mark Price? Well, I don't know how this is going to come off because I don't want to sound like I'm, you know, bashing the guy. But there, there were only like probably 10 people there to see his uh, stand-up act. I think that might be five more than Dustin Diamond gets at his stand-up. Uh, so yeah. I think you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, facts hurt, ladies and gentlemen. But after the show, he was trying to sell his uh, his Skippy shirts. I think that the money went toward Michael J. Fox's uh, foundation. But, you know, he was just, you know, signing things, taking photos with people. And I just told him, hey, you know, I've got, you know, an 8x10. I would love to get you on it. And he looked at it and was like, wow, that's awesome. And, you know, I even said, how, how you know, how was the experience? He's like, I loved it. You know, he, he got to meet Sharon Osbourne and he said that she was just a lovely, lovely person. And I got to be honest, whenever you go to like a stand up show, if you bring your own stuff, they don't really charge you. I also brought the print that my buddy Magnus did. So I got him on two things technically for free. What a good dude. Yeah, absolutely. And he took a couple photos of me and him doing the uh, the devil horns, kind of the rock. <laughs> now, sometimes they come to you. So tell us about how you got the second signature. Oh, second signature was only about a little over a month ago. Well, I was going to my local grocery store, Wegmans. You know, I was in my just dirty Zubaz, and that's not an exaggeration. <laughs> Anyone who knows me will confirm that. So you dress like a wrestler is what yes, you're saying. I do. Like, I, <laughs> I even have this torn up shirt that I wear everywhere, and it's just so embarrassing to be seen. And all of a sudden, I'm, you know, I'm walking in the store and I see this giant sign that says soda bottle signing with Gene Simmons. And I'm like, hmm, that's interesting because the town that I live in, it's not exactly Manhattan. It's just a <laughs> small town on the outskirts of Rochester. So for him to be coming to just a small little town to sign his bottles it's a pretty unusual event. I, I, I think uh, they're bottled up in Niagara Falls. So he did a little like, uh, you know, a little tour of like, uh, I think he did Niagara Falls, Rochester. He went down Niagara Falls in a barrel doing the devil horns. Oh my God. As a nuke, <laughs> he's wearing uh, the cow cap and the sunglasses. Or even better. If it was the ending of uh, Never Too Young to Die. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. That would be great, too. Take off his beard and glasses. <laughs> oh, I would have. Oh, been... Gene, over the top. <laughs> oh, gosh. But this, see, this would be very exciting to me. Like, the closest I've gotten is that when Ace put out his book... Mm -hmm. And when Peter Chris put out his biography, you know, they came and did a signing here in Arizona. So they went to a local bookstore. So I got to meet them, you know, and I was wearing a shirt that was basically that that famous Beatles album cover where they're kind of in shadow and black and white. Yes. And, and so except that it's the Beatles with kiss makeup on. So as I'm going through the line, you know, Ace is just like, you know, everybody else, he's just kind of looking at their book signing. All right. You know, he's like, hey, that's a cool shirt. You know, I was like, thanks, Ace. All right. Maybe oh, not, you know, but now you get to meet the big man. You get to meet the demon. Mm -hmm. But you are not necessarily like a diehard kiss fan. Is that correct? No, I'm not. So what, what was the draw of meeting Gene for you? Trick-or-treat is the whole reason I went. <laughs> like I said earlier, my brother was a huge metalhead. In fact, I'm pretty sure if you watch Heavy Metal Parking Lot, that was actually taped at the Capitol Center in, uh, outside of D.C. There's a good chance he was at that Judas Priest concert in 87, <laughs> whatever it was. Is your brother Zebra Man? Oh, I wish. 
<laughs> I wish. Gosh, here's how metalhead my brother was. He actually got the Dr. Feelgood tattoo in the boys' room in, I think, like, ninth or tenth grade. Wow. If that's not the most 80s metalhead story I could tell you. I that don't... is. That's intense. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was kind of into Kiss when uh, Psycho Circus came out and, like, the, the McFarland figures came out. I was like, lick it up. I thought that that was a pretty awesome song. But I never got into Kiss Die Hard. I didn't have a Kiss belt buckle that I wore to graduation. (laughs) (laughs) So your connection to Gene Simmons is trick or treat. His cameo is 100%. That is not an exaggeration. If I'm meeting Gene Simmons, I I, I mean, with all due respect to any Kiss fan, and if I'm going to meet the demon, I want to talk about trick or treat with him. (laughs) So. <laughs> so so describe the scene you get to Wegmans what's it like there what's the crowd makeup how's it all set well we were talking about heavy metal parking lot earlier <laughs> you know there were a couple fans there that you could really tell would follow kiss to the ends of the earth and I and again I'm not a kiss I'm not the biggest kiss fan but I found this just fantastic i i i love seeing the enthusiasm and the uh the kiss fan you know knowledge coming out like they were talking about things that i had never heard of and just the pure joy that these guys were getting and people were bringing their kids you know which was weird because it was during a school day and we're taking you out of school today you're gonna meet gene simmons who you're gonna meet gene simmons come on we're going i'm pretty sure <laughs> you tell the principal yeah i'm taking him to meet gene simmons they'll be like all right i'm fine but i mean we i i i was with one guy who he had kiss boots and like i'm talking these these boots were like you know the metal and like the leather and they were just so cool looking there was another guy that you could tell uh enjoyed partaking in things and um (laughs) he was interviewed by the local news station you know they're doing a live stream like oh gene simmons is coming to town you know oh my goodness check it out and interviewing all the crazy fans and i'm behind him the whole time and the news guy says hey do your best uh gene simmons impression and when he says that i just kind of put my hand over my face i'm like oh gosh please don't encourage us <laughs> you're expecting you to go ah, nah. like, yeah yeah but like nobody's gonna do that Everybody's going, this is gene simmons of kiss you know it's like okay well <laughs> It was in fun because, you know, these guys, they were having the time of their life and I got caught up into it and I was just, I was loving every second of it. Now, how was Gene responding as you're getting closer to him? Was he, because it's usually at these things, they say, oh, Gene's only signing the soda. That's what he's here for. Buy your soda, he'll sign your your six pack, you know? So how how is that vibe going? You know, his, his interaction was terrific. In fact, when he first came through, you know, Wegmans. Hey, I can't even imagine being someone who was just there, like getting like, you know, lettuce and milk or something and just seeing Gene Simmons walk through. Hey, <laughs> he, he knows how to read a room and he is turning the charm on. He is just greeting all the officials and security and the cops and he's thanking everyone. He comes to the line and there is this little old Italian grandmother and she brought him candy. I don't know what kind of candy it was. She, he, you know, he's waving to all of us. He just goes right up to her, introduces himself. They're talking. He takes the candy and starts eating it. Wow. 
taking his life into his hands. That's just one thing I would never see at like a convention. If someone gives yeah. like, you know, Norman Reedus or Hulk Hogan candy, they're not going to sit there and eat it. But Gene Simmons, without security, just goes right over to this little old lady. You know, he's just super respectful to all the fans. He's thanking them for coming out and supporting the the soda signings. And then you get to the table. I get to the table. I hand my uh, soda carrier case, whatever it is, to his uh, assistant. I'm carrying my uh, trick-or-treat photo that Mark Price signed, and uh, I put it on the table, and I point to it, and I say, this is one of my all-time favorite movies. I love this movie. He picks it up, he looks at it, and says, oh, wow. (laughs) And then he puts it down, and I say to him, would you mind signing it for me? And his uh, assistant just says, I'm sorry, he's only signing one item, and uh, okay, and so before I can even pick it up, he just writes his name right in the corner. And I'm just like, oh, uh, that is beautiful. What a guy. Giving the fans what they want. Even fans of Trick or Treat. Even fans <laughs> of Trick or Treat. I didn't get a lot of time to talk to him. The whole time the photographer is taking photos, uh, I'm talking to Gene and he's got his head down, like signing whatever. And one of his other assistants come up and say, all right, you got to go. And I said, um, excuse me, I didn't get a photo. And he's like, no, 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 uh, the photographer has been taking photos the whole time. And I'm like, yeah, but I kind of want a photo of us looking at the camera. Gene overhears this. He kind of chuckles, puts his arm around me and says, you're trouble, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, It never hurts to ask. If you're nice to him and you're just, you know, you show him respect, he'll be very respectful to you. Well, that is awesome. I'm so glad that Nuke, you know, he's such a nice guy in the film. I'm glad that that carries over into Gene's real life. It's so special when you get to interact with uh, someone who's brought you so much joy in a film, and maybe it was so many years ago for them, but it's right now for you. And the fact that Mark Price and Gene Simmons were both so cool about it. Yeah. That just is wonderful to hear. I got to call both you and Jay out right now. Uh You guys fucked about how you know it was never confirmed that nuke just kind of skipped town have you personally being the gigantic kiss and i know you're a member of the cult of kerr <laughs> did you ever think that maybe sammy kerr could have been nuke wow okay so taking on the form of nuke or are you saying like possessing nuke in that moment to set everything in motion yes that is a bombshell. They, uh, that's some headcanon I had not considered. Because, I mean, it's a little it's a little coincidental that Nuke is giving Ragman this, you know, this last record. You're the only person in the world that's going to have this, but he doesn't let him know that it's going to do crazy crap to his friends. Yeah. You know, I, I and we don't see Nuke for the rest of the movie after that scene. So what if... Nuke was either the puppet master or somehow he became Sammy Kerr's spirit, soul, whatever you want to say. What if he was kind of like the Grand Moff Tarkin to Sammy Kerr? All these questions I've always had. I think the truth would be so disappointing to us is just we see Nuke at home in a robe. He's got cucumbers on his eyes. He's listening (laughs) to some Barry Manilow. He's just like having a relaxing me night on Halloween, you know? amazing <laughs> yeah i mean that that would that would just be a deleted scene you'd have to oh, see so maybe we yes. we hit up charles martin smith one of these days we'd be like did you film that you gotta tell us where was he really where's the so, scene yeah. why do, why would you show it to us <laughs> who knows down the line 
Maybe they're listening. Maybe they'll hear our pitch for Trick or Treat 2. So. Maybe the wheels will start turning. Gene's into produ- you know, he likes to produce things. Maybe as a comic book. Gene, oh. if you're out there, Trick or Treat 2 graphic novel. Let's make it happen. Yes. Kickstarter. I mean, Let's put that together. Oh, my God. And, you know, Gene's a huge comic book guy, so maybe that's not. Exactly. <gasps> Wait a minute. Time out. You just gave me a light bulb. What if it was the tales of Sammy Kerr? But Nuke was like the Crypt Keeper at the beginning. Yeah, this is we got it. Oh, we got yeah. it. okay. We got it. We'll put the outline together. Combine your enthusiasm. We'll get Jay in on this. You guys find your artist friends. We'll put a proposal together. We'll meet Gene in L.A. Yes, we'll do lunch. <laughs> We're coming. For, <laughs> he'll just show up and he'll just be in his like uh his little bunny slippers and his robe and he'll be like, <laughs> Why won't you guys just leave me alone? Please, just leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Chad, thank you so much. Hey, I'm just super grateful that you asked me to come join you. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, hey, buddy. Happy Halloween. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Sequel Quest and invite you to join us next week for another discussion about a film that never was. Share your ideas with the Sequel Quest universe by visiting SequelQuestPod.com, following us on Twitter at SQPod, on Facebook by searching Sequel Quest, or sending an email to SequelQuestPod at gmail.com. Let the world know how much you enjoy the show by leaving a review and five-star rating on iTunes. ITunes. All films and characters discussed on Sequel Quest are the property of their respective studios and license holders. No copyright infringement is intended. 